Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. I'm Kristen Dobniak, holistic nutritionist and mama of two, and this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, a podcast about ditching the diet dogma, embracing intuitive eating, real food, and living healthy, happy, and whole. Please note the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Now, on to the show. Hey there, it's Kristen Dovniak back for another episode of the Healthy Mama Life podcast. This is a special podcast I'm releasing this week because this week is one of my favorite weeks of the year. It's not my birthday or one of the kids' birthdays, and we know it's not Christmas. This week is NADA Week, National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. I came clean about my eating disorder a couple years ago on NADA Week. Up until then, I was too scared about how I would be judged as a nutritionist with a history of an eating disorder Would they think I was a fraud? I was unqualified because of previous experience? But once I decided to finally share my story, which you can hear some of, the abbreviated version at least, in episode two, the response was incredible. And I knew I wouldn't stop sharing it. Because I've said it before and I'll say it again, if my story resonates with one person, if it helps one woman or man, dig themselves out of the pit of dieting and self-hatred and control over eating, it was all worth it. So today I want to talk about a huge part of my journey throughout the stages of my eating disorder and struggle with yo-yo dieting. And this is not just for those who have experienced an eating disorder. This is for anyone who has struggled with the all-or-nothing mentality. Any perfectionist out there? Enneagram type 1s? do it well or don't do it at all types. My husband jokes that I can't do anything 100%. If I can't do it 110%, I won't do it at all. I am a master at overachieving and unfortunately, this also carried over to my dieting habits. Tell me to eat X calories a day, I'm gonna hit that number on the target or below. Tell me to do three miles, I'll give you five. 12 reps, I'll give you 15. I push myself over the edge and every time until I'm burnt out and exhausted. And when I let myself have a break, I go wild. 
At the height of my disordered eating, I would meticulously track my calories day after day and let myself have a cheat day where I would binge eat to the point of physical discomfort. I see this, oftentimes in less extremes, in those who yo-yo diet. It's on again, off again, on again, off again. Anyone relate? When I finally stopped meticulously tracking and measuring my food, which was well after my initial recovery, I stopped caring at all. If you listen to my story in episode two, you know I struggled with binge eating disorder as a replacement for dealing with the emotions surrounding my husband, who is my then boyfriend's, move back to Canada. When that was no longer a viable option, when we moved in together, and I didn't want him to know about my binge eating habits... I got right back on the diet roller coaster, completing three-day juice cleanses followed by cheesecake debauchery. Detoxes followed by weekend benders with coworkers when I worked in the food industry. It wasn't good, guys. And though my story is one of extremes, it's not uncommon for frequent dieters to find themselves in the all-or-nothing mentality, especially those who have a tendency to be perfectionists. And here's the thing. I know that these days, most people don't believe in dieting per se anymore, but this goes for efforts towards wellness too. Things like the Whole30 that are well-meaning or detoxes, cleanses, things that you're trying to do to improve your body and improve your health, but turn into a diet. There was a study done in 2011 out of Georgia that examined the relationship between trait perfectionism, food rules, and eating habits, and it found a strong correlation between trait perfectionism and disordered eating. Not just diagnosed eating disorders, but disordered eating habits, including having strict food rules. Subjects were found to have higher instances of food rules and disordered habits the more they fell into the self-perfectionism category. This is perfectionism that's driven specifically by yourself rather than social pressure. So it's not anyone else telling you you need to be perfect. It is you putting it on yourself. Remember the pendulum I described in episode five, swinging all the way to one side and then all the way back? Psychologists consider this all or nothing approach cognitive distortion, which are simply ways that our mind convinces us of something that isn't really true And it's actually common with those who suffer from anxiety and depression. So licensed counselor Dr. Catherine Starr puts it this way. It happens when everything from your view of yourself to your life experiences is divided into black or white terms. This leaves room for little, if any, gray area in between. When it comes to diets or, you know, cleanses, or detoxes, or any sort of wellness efforts, you're either on it or off of it. You're eating clean or you're eating dirty. There is no in-between. Balance is impossible because balance, true balance, happens in the gray, in the gentle swing of the pendulum. The worst part about it is that what happens, especially to those who identify as perfectionistic, is we beat ourselves up. We are riddled with guilt and shame after every diet defeat. We label ourselves as failures. Friend, you are not a failure. It is diets that are failing you. There is nothing wrong with efforts towards wellness, towards feeling better, improving our health. 
but anything that promises change by restriction is a diet. They are set up to fail if we don't follow them to a T. That's why we keep coming back. Think about some of the major diet programs out there. The ones that require you to purchase special shakes, meal packages, track points, eat only foods from specific categories. Once you stop doing the thing, whatever it is, it stops working. Surprise, surprise. And friend, I have fallen for them all. There is something so comforting to someone like myself who likes to see results from their actions, who wants to measure and track performance and know I'm succeeding. Finding peace with food, tuning into my body is so abstract. It was honestly terrifying in the beginning. I had to let go of all the ways I could give it my all. The measuring, tracking, eating in a specific set of guidelines, a shake with a specific nutrient content. And it was scary. But I had to release myself from perfectionism around food, from the all or nothing mentality, in order to finally be free from the binge restrict roller coaster I was on for so long. And whether or not you've fallen for such extremes as I have, you do too, friend. You need to give up the notion that you're a failure for not being able to stick to a diet, a wellness plan, or a program and realize that it's not dieting that will create lasting change. There is no cleanse or detox that's going to change your life. All this does is set you up for defeat and the pendulum swinging completely in the other direction, continuing the all or nothing mentality. So here's the tough part, and I already talked about this a little bit. But as perfectionists, we can turn anything into a diet. We can make anything an obsessive all-or-nothing dance. Tell me probiotics are good for my gut. I'm going to buy three kinds, sauerkraut, yogurt, kefir, beak fast, start making my own kombucha, do it all for a week, and give it up because it's too overwhelming. Celery juice is the new thing? What if I have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Please, just don't. Healthy fats are good? Why not go keto? (laughs) Don't even get me started on that. But my point is it doesn't have to be labeled a diet to become one. To encourage that all or nothing mentality and steal your balance. Steal the joy out of eating and healthy living. Truly healthy living. We live healthy lives because it feels good. Because we want to have energy for our kids, our husbands, our work, our friends. We live healthy because we want a better life. Swinging back and forth between extremes does not produce a truly healthy life. And it is okay to take what you learn and try it out. There's always new research coming out that could be beneficial. I highly encourage you to check your sources before you do. But the most important thing I want to point out is that it doesn't need to become all or nothing. So how do we ditch it? How do we get rid of this all or nothing mentality and work towards balance? Well, first and foremost, this probably won't be a surprise, but we first have to ditch the diets altogether. And anything that's a diet in disguise, those cleanses, those detoxes. Once you make peace with food and allow yourself the freedom to eat all foods, the all or nothing mentality around diet starts to fade away. The problem happens when we go from all to nothing and turn intuitive eating into eat all the things all the time. And let me assure you, this is a normal part of the journey for many people, and you are allowed to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. 
But we do want to live healthy, balanced lives. So if you're struggling with this, I'd highly recommend you get in touch with someone like myself to help guide you back to the center of that pendulum and truly find your beautiful balance in intuitive eating and living. So where do we start today? You're also not going to be surprised to hear me say this. But it's really important to focus on the habits that make you feel good outside of the diet dogma. If you need something to focus on, once you've ditched the diet mentality, focus on creating habits around the things you know feel good and nourish your body outside of the restrictive realm of the diet mentality. Drinking more water, moving daily, eating more plant foods. Focus on the habits that will last and create a truly healthier life rather than extremes that we know don't last. Take what works and leave the rest. Listen, friends, this is so important. There are going to be habits that you try to employ, things that other people around you enjoy, food, activities, that you simply don't. That's okay. Take what works and leave the rest. You do not have to drink green smoothies if you hate them. You do not have to do Soul Cycle if you can't stand the music. You do not have to eat kale or drink celery juice. There are the basics, drink water, move, eat your greens, but there are many ways to accomplish these simple goals without going to extremes or labeling yourself a failure because you could not stand another sip of celery juice. Take what works, leave the rest. And just to clarify, by what works, I don't mean the latest diet. I hope you've already established that. But it doesn't work, at least not for long. Embrace the gray. Some of you just cringed. You mean no black and whites? There are no good or bad foods because food has no morals. What is good for you at this meal might be different than the next. Just because something doesn't work for you now doesn't mean it won't later. So my example I use with clients is when I was struggling with debilitating digestive issues, my husband can attest to this, it was not a good time for us. My body could not handle gluten. In fact, it couldn't handle a lot of grains aside from the occasional quinoa. It was in a state of inflammation, acute inflammation and stress and everything, I mean everything, went through me. So I was gluten-free for more than three years. Until one day, after loads of healing, I decided to try just a little. Guess what, my friends? I was fine. I am fine because I healed my body and my relationship with food, and gluten isn't a thing for me anymore. Now, for some people, this does persist. I'm not saying if you have celiac disease or a true gluten sensitivity that you should go out and eat a pizza. But I am saying sometimes we put black and white rules around things that don't work. For instance, I don't eat gluten. But instead, we need to embrace the gray. How much gluten or grains or dairy feels good? It might be okay to just have a little of it sometimes. And that's okay. You don't need to be gluten-free or dairy-free. Unless you have a legitimate allergy, please then be gluten-free or dairy-free or whatever-free. If it's a legitimate allergy, I want you to be safe. But studies show the more rigid the rules the higher chance of rebound, otherwise known as the all or nothing mentality. So if you are constantly saying, no, I can't have that. No, I can't have that. No, I can't have that. Maybe you won't have that, but you're going to have a whole lot of something else instead. One way you can combat this is by avoiding all or nothing statements like I never or I always or nothing. That goes for statements such as nothing with refined sugar. 
I never eat dairy, or I always drink a green smoothie in the morning. What this does, again, is create rules around foods and sets you up for, you guessed it, feeling guilt, shame, failure around something that does not truly matter in the grand scheme of things. It's okay to make choices meal by meal, day by day, week by week, month by month. That is what is healthy. That is how you find balance. Creating rules creates restrictions and prevents you from truly tuning in to what your body needs in the moment. It's okay to have food preferences. Some of us have food sensitivities, as long as they're not a result of rules surrounding foods. I recognize there are foods that don't work for some people and habits you might have developed that don't make you feel good, or habits you've developed that do make you feel good. But releasing the urgency, the must, the always-never statements is key. It's also important to enlist in friends to call you out. This is hard, and it needs to be a good friend you know will call you out and you know won't take offense if you retaliate. We all have a friend like this, and if you don't, you need one. It's typically someone you confide in, so when you confide in them that you're never eating this again or you always do this thing, they can call you out on your black and white thinking and bring you back into the gray. And lastly, journal. If you don't have a friend to call you out, call yourself out. Journaling can be a super helpful tool in analyzing where you're feeling that all or nothing mentality creeping back in and brainstorming ways to stay in the gray. You can reframe negative always and never phrases with sometimes or I do what feels best for me in the moment around X. Lastly, give yourself some grace. This is not an overnight switch. It's something I still struggle with in many areas. And if you do identify as a perfectionist like I do, there's a good chance it will persist in other areas. We're focusing on food here. And I can tell you, as a self-proclaimed perfectionist, former yo-yo dieter and all-or-nothing queen, it feels really good on the other side. And friend, I hope this goes without saying, but if you feel like you're struggling with an eating disorder... Today is the day to get help. There is nothing more powerful than admitting you need professional help to become your best self. To find a qualified therapist in your area, and as an aside, I love working with clients to ditch the diet dogma, but if you are truly struggling, I am not a therapist. You can call the Eating Disorder Helpline at 800-931-2237. If you're in a crisis situation, you can also text NEDA, that's N-E-D-A, to 741-741, and you can be connected with a trained volunteer. And to find a qualified provider in your area, you can go to nationaleatingdisorders.org slash find dash treatment. They even have resources for free and low cost support. There are so many options to find the support and the help you need to heal. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have questions for the podcast or you want to set up a free 45-minute discovery call to help you ditch the all-or-nothing mentality once and for all, email me at chris, that's K-R-I-S, at healthymamachris.com. For show notes, real food recipes, and more, visit HealthyMamaChris.com. And if you liked this podcast, please hit the subscribe button so you'll see every episode. And if you loved it, go ahead and give it a review for me. Every subscribe and every five-star review helps the podcast be seen and heard by more women that need to hear it. Have a beautiful day, friends. I am cheering you on.